friends. Welcome to the Modern Mamas podcast. We're here to provide a safe space for open dialogue, insights, and anecdotes about empowered pregnancy, labor, delivery, parenthood, and everything in between with zero judgment and open hearts and minds. I'm Jess, a level one CrossFit trainer and a licensed and certified athletic trainer. I have my master's in kinesiology and I'm currently studying to be a certified nutrition consultant and a birth fit coach. I'm the blogger behind Hold the Space Wellness as well as a mama to two small kiddos. And I'm Laura, a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, birth fit Santa Cruz regional director, and mama to Evie Wilder. I'm also the owner of Radical Roots. Head over to MyRadicalRoots.com to find recipes, insights, and nutrition consulting. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Hey guys, welcome to episode 10 of the Modern Mamas podcast. And yeah, it is so crazy. We're having such a blast. Um, It's definitely flying by though. Yes. Um, And today we're going to be talking about postpartum mindset, which is going to be a pretty broad episode. So we're going to touch on a lot of different topics. And then we had some really, really great listener questions. Um, I feel like, as usual, we can just expound on that further in individual episodes. So again, this will be a pretty broad, generalized episode, but keeping in mind that on certain topics that are pretty complex, we will be taking those head on at a later date, hopefully soon. Um, yes, but maybe yeah. sometimes with guests, sometimes just mm-hmm. us. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I feel like there's so many good resources out there on certain topics that we could really get some like heightened professional, um, opinions on some of that oh, stuff yeah. for sure. And we already kind of have, so like we talked to Megan about, um, hormones and, and that is obviously directly correlated with mindset. And then we talked to Dr. Erica about, um, about like core, core health and pelvic floor health. And, um, that is directly correlated to, you know, mindset when it comes to getting back into fitness. So, um, if you haven't listened to those two, listen back, we'll link to them in the, in the notes, but, um, we'll touch on all that stuff too. So it's nice to have, we've had some really incredible experts on and we'll have more of those as we move forward too. Perfect. Yeah. So before we jump into the meat, let's check in. This is my favorite part. Um, Laura, how are you doing friend? I am pretty good. I had my first like real rough evening. Um, I got, I don't know if it was full blown mastitis. I think it was because I had like full on fever and chills and headache. Um, and if those of you don't know, it's, that's when you get a clogged duck, good duct breast when you're breastfeeding and a milk duct and, um, and that your body treats it as like a full blown infection basically. It's really gnarly how like one small clogged duct can send your whole body into like full on, you feel like you have like a really bad flu. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it also your boob hurts, <laughs> my boob hurt more than I can even express. Yeah. So, but what was really cool is that I, you know, we have such a strong community. And so I was able to reach out to a bunch of my mama friends. Um, and even just on social media, people who listen to the podcast and they responded giving me tips and tricks. And I woke up in the middle of the night and was like, Whoa, and I have no headache now. Fever's gone. Um, so stuff works. And my biggest thing was avoiding antibiotics and knock on wood. I think that I've done that. So we're on the mend. Um, I'm just nursing her pretty much nonstop. Yeah. And if I can keep the boob empty, that's best. And then just doing a lot of things. So some things are like, um, 
obviously hot water and massage and basically like milking myself. <laughs> and then I got some, some far less thin, which helps and vitamin C I'm taking, um, I'm taking my placenta pills again. Um, uh, the organ complex, I'm taking that and fish oil I, too, right? Uh, yeah. Fish oil. And then I bought, um, uh, there's this medic, there's this supplement and I forget what it's called now. I'll link to it in the show notes, but, um, it is like a garlic supplement, really high potency, but without the flavor or the smell. Cause we both Evie and I have issues with garlic. So I'm hoping that that, uh, helps cause, um, garlic's really, really powerful and it's like healing properties. So we'll yeah. see how that works. That should come today. I did prime overnight. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> prime is the best. <laughs> yes. And so, um, that's where we're at, but today's a much better day. I wasn't sure if I was going to, I was telling Jess that I wasn't sure I was gonna be able to get on this morning, but we are here and excited. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this stuff. Cause you know, I'm right in the midst of it mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, so it, it, it'll be, it'll be good. Awesome. So that's where I, my mind is all about getting this boob healthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I love that you're sharing that part too, because I feel like, on Instagram or like social media, even on the podcast, you know, we try and keep things light and happy and, um, you know, at least when we're checking in with each other, but like sharing real life, you know, it's not all like fun and rainbows. Like you get mastitis, you know, you have a night where you don't sleep well and you feel like crap. Like that's real life. It's not like, I never wanted to come across that we look like we're perfect or we have it all together. Because we <laughs> seriously don't, um, which I want to touch on that a little bit. I actually had a reader. I don't know if I mentioned this on a podcast episode before, but I had a reader message me or a listener, sorry. And she was like, I don't understand how you do it. Like you feel, I feel like you do it all. And like, you have your S together and you're making dinner and like, your kids oh, no, I didn't hear this. Okay. I, I thought I had mentioned it before, but I was like, oh my God, like, the, the fact that someone thinks that about me, first of all, that's a huge compliment to, right. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, I'll take it. But I was like very honest and upfront with her. Like I, her question was like, how do you do it all? And the, my answer was, I don't at all. I, I don't do it all. I, I focus on like, I post about food and stuff. That's one thing that's a priority for me. So that's one thing that I focus on. Um, but that means that there's a ton of other things that are like, falling to the wayside that are not important to me anymore or are of less importance to me so that I don't stress out that I'm not doing that. Like the laundry, for instance, or keeping my house clean because it's a disaster. I just don't show people that it's a disaster. Um, you know, and then also, you know, I don't do it alone. Like I have a husband that's super involved, super supportive. And like, I would not be able to survive without him. So my the listener that, yeah. that messaged me that's that's my my honest answer I just want to be clear yeah <laughs> I don't have all my ish together <laughs> and it's funny because priorities like shift and and you know like you fitness for you took a took a back seat mm-hmm. for a little while we've talked about that and now you're taking the steps and like giving it the giving it more prioritization and and so some, maybe something else will, you know, it's, it's like we always, it ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, things are important to you at one point, maybe aren't as much now priorities shift and that's all a part of life. Totally. That we, we go with the flow and things shift as they need to. So mm-hmm. 
I haven't cooked. I mean, we've had people deliver really amazing food, but I haven't cooked a good, a good meal since before she got here. And even then, like not since even not a lot in pregnancy, it's just things shift, you know, Yeah. I'll get back to blogging and posting amazing recipes, but right now they're few and far between and that's just the way that it goes, you know? So absolutely. I took like six or nine months off of even like thinking about blogging. Oh really? Um, when Camille was born, yeah. Like I just didn't have the headspace for it, and I'll we'll talk about this actually later yeah. um, in the podcast. But like I literally could not devote mental energy to that to that when I was working, and then having to like you know spend time with my children and all that stuff. It just wasn't important to me. I mean, obviously the blog is important to me, and it's important to my identity, but it, it definitely was something that got pushed aside. And now, like I. You're and full steam ahead. Kicking butt. Yeah. <laughs> we're not so explicit awesome. yet. I wish we were. <laughs> I got um, myself. I know. But yeah. Um, anything else going on with you? Um, I was, I had a big bummer. So this is, well, so you can talk, this is actually a good segue into mindset stuff, but I also want to talk and get into what's new with you. But um, I was supposed to go down on Saturday morning for the birth fit summit in Venice beach, um, which is something I was like, so looking forward to. Um, I get to see my birth fit tribe, all these mamas who, um, or not even all mamas, all these amazing friends who I know so well through social media, but some of them I have never met, or I only met, got to see in person like once or twice. Um, and we had a whole plan. We woke up at four in the morning and drove to the airport and my mom took us and she's like, well, you sent me a return itinerary, which was supposed to be for Sunday night. Um, so that I know when to pick you up and I go to look at it and I had mama brain booked return flights the same day as outgoing. And so that was really, you know, and we have a newborn and it was just like, it was stressful, but I kind of rolled with it. I was like, you know what, we're just going to get in line and ask if we can change it. Lo and behold, Saturday mornings are apparently like the busiest there are at six in the morning. So the line was so long and we get in line and we're waiting and we finally get to the front. And at this point, our flight takes off in like 25, 30 minutes. Um, and, uh, just like, you know, thank God my husband was with me because he's so cool, calm and collected, you know, he wasn't stressed, which really helped me stay calm. Um, so we get to the front and then we ask like, you know, can we change our flights for tomorrow? And they said, no, well, yes, you can, but it'll be over. It'll be about $300 total to do that. And I was like, no way, but they were really nice. And they let us take the flights as a credit. So we decided we weren't going to, we weren't going to take a new one on a plane twice in one day. There's no way. And for the amount we paid for the tickets, I didn't want to, um, only be there for like 10 hours. So we decided to take the credit and we're going to go down and visit the, my good friends that live in Venice probably in a month or two. Um, and there's some really, there's some of my favorite birth fit mamas or, and birth fit participants or regional directors and the founder, Lindsay, who live there. So and plus I'm getting a tattoo and so it all down there. So it all kind of just, it was like, there's a lot of silver linings and I, I'm a big believer in the universe speaking. And so at that point I was just kind of like, you know what, uh, she's too little or what, you know, whatever it is, it just, it wasn't meant to be this trip. And then I got mastitis. So I'm, I'm like, and I can't imagine having been in that pain there yeah. yesterday. And so kind of all just worked out and, we decided to make a day of it. So my husband and I, we were already over the hill. We live in Santa Cruz, which is yet to go over like a windy mountainous road to get to the airport. So we had gone the night before and stayed with my parents and then my mom drove us to the airport in the morning. So we were already over there. So we decided to make a day of it. And we went to um, Palo Alto, which is this fun little town and went downtown and got coffee and walked around and then got, um, got lunch. And it was just, it ended up being really nice and then came home and just like 
snuggled and relaxed and slept. And so it was, it was good. And then I ended up with this whole situation. So silver linings, universe speaks. Um, I was there in spirit and they were all with me in spirit. And so it is what it is. And and I was really kind of like proud of myself, I guess, in that I was able to roll with it and didn't like, and when it first, when I first found out, I was like, annoyed with myself mostly and kind of like super bummed. But then within minutes I was like, you know what, this is, I feel okay with this. Um, I've got a wonderful little baby and a great husband and, and, and I'll be all right. (laughs) It's not the end of the world. So trying to just roll with things I think is huge, um, for me and my mindset and just like not getting, cause I used to get kind of caught up or like ruminate on things. And now I'm just, I've really just kind of relaxed on that. And just now I'm getting better at going with the flow. So absolutely. I definitely yeah. think that's a side effect of motherhood. Um, yeah. because there's so much that's out of your control. It's like, you don't if, have you, choice. Yeah, if you tried to control everything, it would be insanity, yeah. but I'm, I'm the same as you. Like I, I get really I tend to get anxious about situations that don't go as planned. So I've definitely improved over the last couple of years. Like in awe that I made that mistake. That's so, you know, it's something that like, (laughs) you know, I just, that I never did that before. I've never done anything like that before. And so it's just, it was frustrating. And, uh, you know, part of me was like, what the hell is wrong with me? But at the same time I have a, a, a three and a half week old and it's, that's just, that's just, that's what happens. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's, it's biological. I think we talked to mention this in a different podcast, but so this is like weird, like via, 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 but like on Diane and Liz's podcast with Dr. Jolene Brighton, she talked yeah. about how your brain shrinks like in the last trimester and like the first, like, I think she said six to nine months of postpartum. So like you literally your brain capacity is limited because it's just a biological thing. And so I think it makes me feel better. Yeah. Mom mom brain is a legit thing. So, and I did listen to that podcast. And so that (laughs) I was also holding on to that, that that, this will, it'll get better. It will not skin. I just, my, my energy and headspace is going towards keeping this little one alive and, um, loving on her. So Totally. And healing too. It's just like the recovery. And if we had a lot of headspace, we'd probably try and take on too much. And right now it's just like, all I have capacity for is feeding her and loving her and slowly getting back to, you know, life and yeah, just, Oh, Burke. <laughs> <laughs> so what is new with you? Uh, nothing much except I did my CrossFit. Um, okay. So it's not a certification course, um, level one certificate course. I have to make sure I I use the right technology or the right technical terms. Um, but I, so I've been doing CrossFit for since 2012, I guess. Yeah. Cause that would be five years. Um, and my journey has been a very interesting one. So we started out really heavy into CrossFit. That's how I met my husband. Well, technically that's how we, not technically, but that's how we became an item is through CrossFit. Um, and we both are super into it. My husband is a beast. Um, that'll embarrass him. I'm sure if he ever listens to this podcast, but he's super awesome at it. I, you know, had the background of being a runner, so it took me a long time to develop that, the strength portion. Um, but once we were in it, yeah, once we were in it, I was in it. And so we were, you know, CrossFit five to six times a week. We had an awesome box that we were part of, you know, a core like group of, of members there. Um, and then we moved and started our own gym, um, for a small period of time. 
And then once we got out of that and I had bear, um, I've taken a pretty extended leave of absence from consistent working out. Um, and that's hard because it was part of my identity, uh, before kids. And so now, but honestly, I think it was for the best, you know, I didn't have after bear, my mental headspace was, you know, we're talking about headspace a lot. Yeah. This, this podcast episode, but my, my capacity to devote time to anything other than sleep eating and, and him and my husband was like super limited. If I, I had try, I would try every couple of months to like make an effort to go to a class consistently. And it just was more draining than energizing. You know what I mean? Like fitness yeah. should give you, you shouldn't be after a class or a workout so drained that it's, it's doing more negative than positive. So it should be your adrenals cannot handle it. Exactly. And so for me, it was a clear sign. Hi, baby. (laughs) Um, and so, yes. So finally, you know, here I am almost 12 months postpartum after Camille and I feel great. I feel energized. I feel like I can get back my strength and, um, I actually know a lot more about exercising postpartum than I did before, so I can do it intelligently. So anyways, the course, back to the course, it was awesome. Um, it's changed a little bit since, you know, five years ago, but in good yeah. ways. And they were super accommodating, I think, to um, the the person, you, Matt, who you said that yes. you know personally. Yeah, um, was our our instructor that was kind of leading the course, and he the was the flow actually, master. Yeah, he was the flow master, and so he was him and all the other instructors were super accommodating when I would you know tell them about my diastasis and things that I needed to like limit. I mean, and his was, wife just had a baby, so in January, so yeah. she's a good friend of mine. Um, so he's probably like, I know exactly what that is. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. but they were all super accommodating. That's awesome. Um, so it was great. No, one thing it's hard when you have been competitive before, because I don't know if you've ever been to the CrossFit course. I mean, obviously you have Laura, but the listeners, mm. yeah, it's, it's a bunch of people they've all, they're all super fit. Obviously they're into CrossFit, you know, it, you do work out there while you are doing the, the course. And so it's, it's a competition, you know, that's always there with CrossFit. And so, it's but even hard. more so when it's like, you're in like CrossFit land almost, yes. it's like, it's like, what? everyone's drinking the juice. Oh yeah. Uh, and so I, it was really hard for me to kind of hold back. I mean, physically I was limited cause like I haven't performed with any intensity for a long time. Right. So that was part of it. But mentally I was like, I could do this, but you know, I can't. Are you, are you sore? <laughs> oh my God. I am so sore. Like thinking like that's a perfect candidate for rabdo. Yeah. That's what you have the headspace and mm-hmm. you've been there and you know how to push yourself, but you haven't done it in a while. <laughs> that's exactly what Matt said. After the first workout, he was like, I'm gonna keep my eye on you. Cause you're the perfect candidate for rabdo. Um, but so far, I mean, I haven't other than just you being know. really sore. Yeah. I haven't yeah. had any of the, the signs or symptoms of it. So I think we're in the clear. You're in the clear. That's so <laughs> awesome. I love that you went and yeah. that you enjoyed it. It has changed a lot, but it's funny. You must've been in like a really, really fit one because some of the ones I worked, we had people who'd never done CrossFit before. They were like, what's this CrossFit thing? I'm just going to go to this course. <laughs> yeah. I'd always be shocked by that, but like cool power to you. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're committed to figuring it out. So I feel like the right, I mean, I don't want to, no judgment, but I feel like the proper, um, 
what's the word timeline would be like, maybe try a class first yeah. and see before you commit a thousand dollars to, that's, yes. So that, so anyways, that's just my two cents. But other than that, um, got hopefully knock on wood past the course that got harder. I was like, man, I feel like I need to go back to school for some of these questions, <laughs> but it was good. Yeah. It was good. I understand I'm why sure they make passed. it pretty difficult. I mean, yeah. they want to make sure people know their, their stuff. Yeah, because so. you can go open a gym after you mm-hmm. take this course. So yeah, absolutely. Sweet. Other than that, everything's good. Just checking along, checking along. About to have a one-year-old who's almost walking. So yeah, what's her birthday? She is the twenty-first of July. Ah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's really that's Friday. Yeah. Oh my god. This this one that that, by the time this airs, she will be one. <laughs> It's crazy. She's That's so really fun. fun. She's teething a lot right now. Poor thing. And she, she has like a low grade fever with like runny nose and like oh. tender gums. And she's, cause she's generally a happy kiddo. Um, yeah. but she, and she's still happy. She's just, you, she needs to be held. Yeah. She needs to be loved on. So can you imagine fun. how much that would hurt though? Like no. I think about that as an adults would be such wusses about mm-hmm. it. And these little ones go through and they're getting all these teeth at once. I'm like, oh my God. I, we've both my husband and I were like, oh my God, we feel so bad for her. Cause she would just like lay her head on our shoulder and oh. just <laughs> like, she's not crying, but she's just like so pathetic. It's the worst. Oh, that's so hard. I'm not looking forward to that at all. <laughs> my so. gosh. Anyways. All right. All right. We had a, a good check in. Yeah, yeah. Let's go for it. <laughs> Why don't you introduce us? Introduce. Okay. So today we are going to talk all about, um, postpartum mindset and obviously postpartum is all the years after you have a baby, the rest of your life. But I think we're today we're gonna be focusing a little bit more on more of the immediate postpartum, but that even like within like the first cu- couple years. So what does that look like? What, what issues come up? And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna tackle kind of one issue at a time that we've gotten, we got some really great questions. So thank you for those of you who responded with questions. Um, so one issue at a time and then kind of like our thoughts on potential solutions or, um, our ideas or, and also our experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's what we're, that's what we're taking it today. Um, and then as, as just mentioned, this is all kind of like a broad scale. Um, and we will dive deeper into things, um, as we progress with this podcast. So this is kind of like a one one kind of like an overview, um, to hopefully give you guys some good ideas, places to start. And then we'll dive in deeper. I love, we got some really good questions about like relationships postpartum, like with your, with your partner. And I think that is a good one that I'd like to do a whole episode on, but we will get to that and we will definitely touch on that a lot today. So yeah, that's where we're going. Awesome. And we're starting with hormones. Yes. Um, so do you want to start with, start this one off? Sure. Yeah. So if you, a precursor to this episode, I think a good precursor would be to listen to our episode with doc, doctor. She's a functional medicine practitioner. She's practically a doctor, I think. Um, yeah. but Megan blacksmith, her episode, um, episode four. Yeah. Episode four. She pretty much laid it all out there as far as how important hormones are at postpartum and kind of what's going on there. Um, and the importance of really trying to balance those to just kind of be at your the best you can possibly be postpartum because there are a lot yeah. of things that are happening that are normal and, you know, acceptable ways of feeling and acting. Um, and then, you know, to a certain point, those need to kind of level out. And if they don't, 
that typically means there's some sort of hormonal imbalance going on there. So I would definitely, if you want to dive more into that, I would definitely check out that episode, but just basic stuff. Because I know for me, postpartum, the first go around, I, I just didn't know. Like I knew, you know, baby blues, like that wasn't my focus. My focus was like, how do I get the baby out? How do I feed the baby? (laughs) Like, how do I keep them alive? It wasn't really focused on me. Um, and I think that's where I, I guess went wrong, not necessarily wrong, but like where I could have supported myself better was just being aware of the natural things that were happening and what to expect. And then it was natural. Um, cause I just got real freaked out about my emotions, um, yeah. and thinking that, Hey, I should be happy all the, like, I should be happy. I have a baby. Like what's the problem? Um, so right. let's talk about kind of what's happening there hormonally to trigger those and, I feel like there are pretty much four basic hormones that are in play postpartum. And the four four that we are kind of touching on just briefly, we're not going to dive super hardcore into this, but estrogen, progesterone, prolactin, and oxytocin. Um, And so the first, I want to say immediately after delivery, some of those, specifically estrogen and progesterone, are going to drop dramatically. Um, So those are hormones that are super important for pregnancy, for maintaining a healthy pregnancy, for triggering delivery, and all of that good stuff. But once the baby's out, things are going to start to settle, you know, back to um, prenatal levels. And even I know what the research has said that you actually dip below prenatal levels to like postmenopausal levels in some cases. Um, and so that is significant. So estrogen, um, and you can jump in whenever you want to Laura about this. I'll just kind of like go through everything, but, um, (laughs) estrogen, you know, is one that drops pretty significantly. It's going to reach its lowest values by around day seven postpartum. Um, so this is one that's probably going to hit those like menopausal levels, um, pretty quickly. And so that that drop in estrogen can be tied to mood changes. Um, estrogen I know is, um, linked to like serotonin and, and different other different hormones. Um, and so that's, that's a thing. Okay. So I know my midwife, not the first time, but the second time around told me, you know, beware around day four to seven, you might start to feel weepy. You might start to cry for no reason, even if you're not sad technically. Um, you know, and she also told me just like, I think it's an old wives tale. It's like when the milk starts flowing, your tears also start flowing, which was absolutely true for me. Um, the second time around at least, um, so that's one. And then also progesterone, which is another one that's super high during pregnancy, that's actually going to fall to almost undetectable undetectable levels about 72 hours after delivery. And it's not really going to establish a normal, I guess what you would say normal level until after your first menstrual period. So for some people with breastfeeding, that can be, I mean, for me, I think that was like almost two years. I didn't get back to like my normal progesterone levels. Um, that's significant. I definitely felt this is again, I'm going to share personal experiences. This is not true of everybody, but I, the first go around, I didn't feel like myself until after I stopped breastfeeding. Um, and even then, because we'll talk about the other two hormones, breastfeeding hormones also change your mindset and your mood and, and all of that stuff. And I actually, a lot of people go through kind of like a little mini, like postpartum depression after they, they stop 
breastfeeding. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Not really fascinating. Yeah. So because a lot of those, those hormones associated with breastfeeding also make you feel good. It's like mm-hmm. you're releasing all these like feel good toxins while you're breastfeeding. It's kind of like a natural mood enhancer, um, or it can be. And then once you, those levels kind of go back or drop or get to zero, um, it can affect you if you're sensitive to it. I feel like I was super sensitive personally to all of those hormone changes. The first go around, I have not nearly felt as up and down the second go around. So we might, I haven't felt a lot of it um, myself. And I wonder if any that I've had low progesterone levels, um, leading up to getting pregnant. Like I was taking, it did like a topical cream. And so I wonder if for me, like the change wasn't uh, so significant that compared to like prenatal or before I got pregnant. Um, so that's why I didn't, it didn't impact me so much. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. Meanwhile, I was really, really sick in the first half of pregnancy. And so I feel like I was especially impacted by the onset of the new hormones, but then like after post postpartum, I haven't had a lot of, uh, I'm definitely more sensitive and like, you know, and, um, there's definitely mood that's different, but it hasn't been, um, it's been mostly blissful to be honest. Like most, most of my emotions are happy. Um, and just like, just like obsessed with my daughter, which is kind of funny. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I haven't gotten, um, for the most part, like on a day to day basis, I, I haven't, um, I've only cried like a couple of times and, um, so I, you know, it's, it's interesting. And, and I do notice that like, I went through where sometimes I'll maybe overreact to things, um, or get a little extra sensitive and that that's for sure. But I didn't have the kind of like, in my mind, at least it always seemed like I was, I'm upset for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never had where I was just like weepy and I couldn't figure out like what was even triggering it. So there's always a trigger. Um, but it's just so interesting how every person is so different. And I think every, every woman is so different, uh, differently impacted by hormones. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's kind of like, what was your baseline? Like before you got pregnant, what was your baseline? Like when you were pregnant and then, um, how big of a shift is it postpartum? I think yeah. that really plays into it as well. Totally. And then mindset plays into it too, I think. Yeah. Um, and well, we're going to talk about that. So yeah, that's what this whole episode is about. Yeah. And then on the other side of it, you have the, the other two hormones, which are mostly associated with the onset of lactation. Um, so prolactin, obviously prolactin is like for breast, for lactation, for breastfeeding. So those are ones that, you know, start to occur. Um, you know, you need those dip in estrogen and progesterone for those rise and these other ones to occur. Um, and so prolactin obviously, um, is one that's going to kind of spike if you choose not to breastfeed or you can't breastfeed, those norm, the levels of that will usually kind of return back to normal within about a week. Um, and so, you know, the effect of prolactin on your system will kind of level out at that point too. And then oxytocin, which is also another one associated with breastfeeding, um, it's associated with breastfeeding. It's released during breastfeeding, but it's also associated with helping the uterus get back down to its normal size. So it's like, you probably felt this, um, Laura, like pretty early on when you were breastfeeding, it stimulated the uterine contractions, um, Mm -hmm. because of that oxytocin release. It's like, it's such a freaking amazing, intricate system, the way Mm -hmm. it's devised. Um, but you need those uterine contractions, uterine tone to get everything back down to normal. I think I was reading something too, like immediately after delivery, your uterus is like two, around two pounds. And then within like the first couple days, 
it goes down to two ounces. It's normal size. Yeah, it's crazy. It's this insane. kid, uh, she got she was up a pound and a half from birth weight within two weeks, and mm-hmm. so she could eat. She still is. She eats and eats and eats. And my my uterus and like my belly. I couldn't believe how quickly it shrunk. Mm-hmm. I had really gnarly uterine contractions. They hurt a lot, but um, it was just the oxytocin doing its job, really. Mm-hmm. She was eating a ton, and my everything just like sh- kind of like shrunk down. Um, and so but it's amazing the power of the body and how like breastfeeding, you know, helps your uterus to shrink and like all the different pieces of the puzzle kind of work together to this to have systems run as they're supposed to. Yeah, and then you know I know. Since we're kind of talking about mindset here, so obviously you see the drop in estrogen and progesterone, which can be linked to the way you're feeling, um, mm-hmm. and then prolactin and oxytocin. They, I was reading, because I wanted to kind of like check up on the research and stuff before we talked about this, but there's been studies showing that breastfeeding can be protective against you know things like postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, because of the release of those hormones. So that's one side of it. But I also know that it can be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Breastfeeding mamas can feel isolated also, yeah. um, at times, Spend a lot of time on the couch. <laughs> yeah. So they feel like they're the only ones that can soothe the baby. They're the only ones that can take care of the baby that they can never leave because, or get a break or anything like that because they're kind of the sole source of nourishment. So I feel like that's just something to, to consider as well. I think for me, the first, with my first one, I was like, I'm not giving him a bottle. I'm not letting anyone else hold him or feed him or anything. Uh, and that's, that's fine. Like if that's what you choose to do, but then you also have to be realistic. Like, is that mindset being so strict? Is that part of, if you are struggling with, you know, your mental space, is that part of it? Like you need to be able to like give yourself grace and was realize. that a long-term, a long-term thing or just like in the beginning or it was just in the beginning um, okay. for me, but, and we'll talk yeah. about this later too. It probably was tied into like some postpartum anxiety stuff that I was feeling. Um, but I, once I loosened control on that, I realized like bottle feeding is okay. It's not going to run. Like we established our supply and we established, you know, breastfeeding was really strong. Um, but it was a struggle to get him to take a bottle at that point, thank God he did, um, because we had to, cause I was returning back to work. But, um, with the second go around, I was much more like open to it. I wanted Tim to be able, my husband to be able to like take part in it. And I knew that it would be helpful for me to have time and space. Um, cause that's the other thing. It's like, you love this baby. You want to be around them 24 seven. Like you can't fathom leaving them. But at the same time, it's like, just as a human being, you need, I think they call it like being touched out. And it's especially prevalent when you have two kids. It's because you're holding the baby, you're constantly connected to somebody. And then like someone else, you know, your four-year-old or however, your, your older kiddo needs attention too. Your husband needs attention. It's like, I just need to like go sit in the bathroom for like an hour by myself. So I'm just sharing my experience. Obviously everyone's going to have different thoughts and experiences with, with this whole postpartum thing. But for me, that became important knowing how I reacted the first go around, if that makes sense. It totally does. And I was on mute. Sorry. <laughs> no, <you're fine. laughs> Little one is making all the noises right now. Um, 
I feel the same way. We're we're gonna introduce a bottle at six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've said this before, but I am. We're using nipple shields. I am because um, I have some. One of my nipples is uh, inverted, and the other one is just. It's just she's having some issues with her tiny little mouth. So, hoping to wean off that. But in any case, the good part of that, the silver lining, is that she's taken really well to both my nipple on one side and then also the shield on the other. And so. Um, we know that that's a good sign that she'll take a bottle. So I'm kind of holding on to hope with that, that, you know, she'll be able to do both, but I am looking forward to being able to introduce the bottle because having my husband get to feed her, I think both like for me to be able to like go do whatever I need to do, run to the grocery store and not him not feel it's that like helplessness feeling of like, if she starts crying and she only wants one thing, there's only one person that can help her, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, I think it'll be, it'll be nice to go there. So how early did you introduce the bottle with Camille? So we want, so ours was different because she had, um, the ties. So she had those revised around four weeks. And so we hadn't established a good breastfeeding relationship, um, by the time it was like six weeks or so. Um, and so we had to wait till about eight weeks. And at that point it was really difficult. Um, so we introduced it around eight weeks. We had to work with a speech therapist, because not only were the ties an issue, she had to like relearn how to suck. She had to, she had poor like oral tone. So her suck was really like, just like gentle. Um, so we had to like get that stronger. So I had to do all these things with her. Um, but we, oh my God, we tried every single bottle known to man. Yeah. So I have a bunch of bottles if you ever need any. Oh, that's Don't good to buy know. <laughs> But finally we, we just kept trying and trying and trying and she, she did it. She, she figured it out. Um, we use Dr. Brown's bottles, which are a pain in the butt because they have a million parts, but that's the one she they likes. Work. They work. Um, and now she like almost prefers the bottle to nursing, which makes me sad, but eh, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So do you have anything more to add like about the hormones section? I know we could get really go deep into this, but I just want yeah. people to be aware of like what is physiologically happening to trigger some of those changes that you might be feeling. Yeah, I think that's good. Okay. So since you're kind of in the thick of this right now um, yeah. with supplementation, um, mm. why don't you lead that off? us. Sweet. So we're going to talk about some supplementing, but not dive too deep because we have other things we really want to get to as well. But, um, some important ones. And I think it's also important to get checked. So get your levels checked because if you have enough, there's no need to supplement. Um, but like if you're in the heart of winter and you're not getting sun, then that's something that you probably are going to want to supplement about 600 IU daily. Um, so Look into that. Get your numbers checked. Talk to your um, provider because that could be a really, really important one and such an easy fix. Mm-hmm. Um, deficiency in vitamin D is linked to depression. Um, placenta pills, if you're doing that. I kind of mentioned in an earlier episode that I had tried them. They actually made me feel a little bit um, a little bit an- anxious, and so I stopped. But um, when I got this mastitis issue, I decided to, to take them again. So I've taken four in the past 12 hours or so, and I, I don't feel any ill effects. So I'm going to start taking those again. Um, and those are, those proposed benefits are increase in oxytocin, um, increase in stress reducing hormones and energy levels, um, helps with mood stabilization, milk production, and also there's iron in there. So it's just one of those ones where you kind of have to play with it. I I know Jess, you, you didn't have a great um, 
response to placenta pills? I didn't. I really, really wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> I desperately wanted to be like, these are the best things ever. Magic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, so I started the placenta pills probably around like day four or five, um, when that hormone drops are those hormone drops are happening. Um, and for me, I felt, um, jittery. I felt pretty anxious, like more so like it, it made the symptoms worse. Um, and I felt a lot more weepy and I was like, what the heck? Like mm-hmm. this is, I, cause I, before that had felt pretty good. Um, and so doing a little bit of research, I, I found, you know, here and there, there were stories of people like experiencing the same. And I was like, okay, good. It's like, it's not just me. And I, of course I tried to like play with the levels and the timing and all that stuff. And no matter what I did, it was like, my body didn't react well to it. And so you're your own experiment. We talked about this before in the podcast, like you, are different than everybody else. And so, yes, I feel like generally as a recommendation, placenta pills are going to be a good idea for most people. Um, but just, I feel like it's our job for us to kind of put that information out there. Like be, be aware that you may not have right the same reaction as somebody else. So for me, that's what happened. So I had yeah, and, and there's stories of people who like, it makes a world of difference. Mm-hmm. So it's just something to try if you're into it. Um, and if you don't, I think something that's really, really, really imperative to do, if you're not going to take your placenta especially, is to get some sort of organ complex. Mm-hmm. Um, so like We talk a lot about the Paleo Valley organ complex. Vital Proteins also makes a good liver pill. Um, but getting organ meat in is huge. Uh, you have B12, uh, vitamin A, B vitamins, um, just a whole host of nutrients in there that you literally can't get all of those things in any other, in any other food. Um, in my opinion, or, organs are actually liver, especially is a, one of the only true superfoods. So, um, those are going to help with repair, with mood, um, recovery, milk production, just, just all a, a whole host of things. And so, um, I, that's one thing that I can't recommend highly enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, I was going to, I was reading through everything and it's like, if I had to pick one supplement, like if I, cause we were, we were going through all these different things that can be helpful for like mood stabilization and energy and all that stuff. But honestly, if you, you know, you're limited by budget or you just don't want to have to mess with all these things, I would honestly say the organ complex, the one from paleo Valley specifically, because it utilizes not just liver, but brain and heart and all those other things. Mm. It pretty much has to some degree, everything that all of these other individual supplements is offering. Like it even has like EPA and DHA, like it has, you know, vitamin yeah, and it's A. all real food, real food source. It's yeah. only those organ meats. That's it. It's truly a superfood. Um, it's just like ingesting a big old fat slab of liver <laughs> meat, which I totally was doing before I got, yeah. when we were, before we started trying to conceive. Yeah. And um, I, I have not personally tried the organ complex, but I'm going to, um, I'm super excited. I think excited it's been so huge in my postpartum, uh, state of mind and, and recovery and, you know, the way I'm doing physically. So, um, that is one I cannot recommend highly enough. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, you want me to take, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, then you want to take the next. Yeah. So this one is a little controversial. Laura and I were kind of talking about it beforehand. Um, but we want to talk about fish oil. 
um, which is kind of like a catch-all term because there's fish oil, there's fermented cod liver oil, there's cod liver oil, there's extra virgin cod liver oil. There's all these things. And I know recently... We could probably just break it down to be as simple as like omega-3. Omega-3s, basically. So your body needs these... Ah you know, omega-3, omega-6 complexes for, for various reasons. And it's actually really funny because the CrossFit um, course, we kind of talked about this a little bit. And so it's kind of on top of mind. But so you do need omega-3s and you do need omega-6s in your, your diet. But the problem for most people with the standard American diet is that we're getting, so you should have a two-to-one ratio of omega-6s to omega-3s technically around there. Um, what most people are getting is a 20 to one ratio. So 20 times the amount of omega sixes than omega threes, um, just based off what they're eating. And so omega sixes are technically pro inflammation and that's not necessarily a bad thing when you're getting it. Cause you do need that inflammatory response in your body. So, but you need it in a very specific amount, once you get 20 times the amount that you actually need, that's where there's a problem. And so most of the American diet, we have a lot of those omega-6 heavy um, foods. And so one thing I would caution, or I would say just to start with is be mindful of the omega-6s that you are um, eating first and foremost. Yeah. Vegetable oils, man. Yeah. All those, we get, we get all we need from like avocado and, um, poultry mm-hmm. that's plenty so but, but you <laughs> also sneeze yeah <laughs> but you also want to make sure the quality because the quality of the meat mm-hmm. um that you're consuming like if you're trying to get your levels from certain things you want to make sure it's high quality because that can affect the the levels of what you're getting if that makes sense um yeah totally and then so first and foremost, if you can consume fatty cold water fish three times a week, you're probably good. I mean, you're probably getting the amounts of omega-3s that you need. Um, on the off chance, okay, you're in postpartum and maybe you can't swing salmon three times a week because um, it's just you don't have the, the time or the effort to take forth in preparing meals or maybe budget constraints you can't you know, do that three times a week, then that's where I think supplementing with fish oil can be super helpful. Um, and then I'm going to let you, Laura, kind of talk about some caveats about the type and where you're getting it from and all that good stuff. Yeah. First off, I will, I can't recommend, um, good quality canned wild salmon enough. Uh, we keep it on hand here. I get, I forget the name of the brand, but I'll link to it when I, when I go check, but, um, I do bone in skin on, and then that allows for you get calcium from the bones. Oh gosh, you get <laughs> you get extra um, extra fatty, all the good fats from the skin. Um, here, take that. There you go. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it's affordable. And I mix it with like some Primal Kitchen's mayo and some kraut, and have like this. It's almost you know it's like a salmon salad. I'll put it over arugula or whatever. So that's affordable and it's easy. You don't need someone to cook anything. You just mix it with some mayo and take it down. Um, with maybe some like Jackson's honest chips, also really good. <laughs> so that's my quick, my quick caveat. It's really interesting too, during pregnancy, um, I couldn't take fish oil pills and they made me feel sick. Um, but it was second trimester when, you know, brains developing and everything, I craved salmon like nobody's business. So I was eating it pretty much every single day. Um, and I just think our bodies also tell us what we need and, um, and you can, you can get it. I got what I needed through, um, 
through real food. <laughs> right. But when it comes to supplementing, I think it can be really beneficial. Um, the thing about fish oil pills is that you have to be super selective. Uh, anyways, fish oil pills. If the, it's a poor quality fish oil pill, right, that means that the proper steps weren't taken to ensure that the quality of the oil going into that pill maintained its 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 true nutritional value. You might be getting something that is rancid or oxidized. If you think about how fragile those omega-3 fatty acids are going into that pill, they're very, very prone to getting basically ruined in the process of getting them into pill form. So um, I take Nordic Naturals. That's one that I trust. Um, you're wanting to look for things that are like the smaller fish, like um, from sardines or krill. Um, those are really good. But yeah, so you're looking for something that has a really high, what maybe um, they they publish like testing for um, for potency and for quality. Um, we'll link to the Nordic Naturals that I take. But then you know it's also something where um, you can get it through real food. And so if you don't feel comfortable taking it in pill form, um, and there's also other options that we'll get into like uh, cod liver oil. Uh, both fermented and extra virgin, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But in terms of fish oil, if you're going to do it, make sure, really, really, really make sure that it's a really high quality. Otherwise, you could be doing more harm than good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and also another caveat is that fish oil is an anticoagulant, so it's going to kind of thin the blood out. That's just why they kind of recommend if you're going into surgery or, um, you know, things where you could be bleeding, Um more than normal that you probably want to stop your fish oil intake prior to that, a good amount prior to that. Um, so that's another thing to consider just postpartum because you are bleeding, um, obviously more than normal. Mm-hmm. So if you are predisposed to hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging, or you have kind of like abnormal, um, blood loss in that postpartum period, you may want to hold off on it until the bleeding slows down. Um, again, we're not medical practitioners, but these are just general recommendations based on what's worked for us. Um, and then kind of what we've seen through the literature. So just be mindful of that. Again, don't follow anything blindly just because so-and-so says so. Um, if you're taking fish oil and you don't notice a difference or you notice that things are worsening, obviously, I feel like that's common sense, but you know, at the same time, I think it probably should be said. <laughs> yeah, and I think in the grand scheme of things, if you reduce the intake of fatty of uh, omega sixes and increase your intake of like grass fed beef, also has omega three, and then high quality wild caught uh, fatty fish, you'll be that that in and of itself will probably be enough. But uh, you know the the recommendation to take all these fish oils, I think, has been a product of people just taking in way too many. Um, uh, vegetable oils. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, I read somewhere that like 70% of calories on average come from vegetable oil. And that's because every, when you eat out, um, everything is just cooked in it. It's in every, you look at like canola oils in everything. So just mm-hmm. being more aware of what you're taking in now you're feeding yourself. And if you're still breastfeeding your little one too, you're just really trying to heal and recover and repair and support yourself mentally. Um, now's a really good time to try and really reduce that stuff. Yeah. And I think we'll probably link. So another thing is like, do the research and we've kind of done it a little bit for you guys to kind of narrow things down. But if you want to dive deeper into that, I know, um, Diane Sanfilippo has a post, um, and a couple podcasts about that, but she has a post about fermented cod liver liver oil. Um, Liz Wolf has a post about the extra virgin, um, cod liver oil. 
Um, and then Chris Kresser and Rob Wolf have both done, I think, a joint uh, discussion on fish oil um, as well, which is full of like super good information. Um, so it's out there. But I would say, again, use yourself as like an experiment of one on this yeah. one. <laughs> and stay tuned. I just bought the Rosita extra virgin cod liver oil. So I'm going to start taking that and I will report back. Yeah. And I don't we'll know if you mentioned it. There, so, and we'll link to it too, but so Nordic naturals is one that's pretty popular, um, and sourced fairly well. And the way that it's processed is, is pretty transparent as well as Rosita. And then I know green pastures mm-hmm. is the one with the fermented cod liver oil, um, and like the butter blends and stuff. And I know that was the one that was like under fire a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, so I still know people that again, there was one study that came out that was like blasting it. Um, and it, it wasn't even a study. It was, yeah, it was like, it was like one person. Yeah. yeah. Who did like an analyzation of the contents of the fermented cod liver oil and then posted about it. So, yeah. And there was some kind of holes in her logic and some questions mm-hmm. raised about who her motives, yeah, and, her motives yeah. and all that stuff. So again, it's like, if you take it and you notice that it's helping great. If you take it and it's not helping or it's getting worse, change Cut it. So yeah, pivot, you know, yeah. pivot, pivot. 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 It's my, that's my word. <laughs> I love it. So anywho, um, right. so that's about fish oil and then prenatals. I think just all we need to really say here is just keep taking them. Mm-hmm. Um, you are you're feeding now also you're, you know, you're repairing yourself and then feeding your little one. And so, um, I can't recommend enough that you're taking your prenatals, but also at the same time, don't just use that in in lieu of eating, Mm -hmm. make sure you're eating a healthy balanced diet as well. Right. Cause prenatals, you're not getting like macronutrients from prenatals. Um, and I feel like that postpartum period, where food can be something if you don't plan ahead or you're not super supportive, like your intake of high quality nutrients can be at risk. And so Mm -hmm. that's when I feel like those prenatals are super important because if you're not getting enough macro high quality macronutrients, then you're definitely not getting the micronutrients, which means like, you know, the vitamins, the minerals, the, all those antioxidants and things like that. Um, and so that's where I think, you know, first and foremost, really try and make sure you're getting enough high quality food. Secondly, keep up with your prenatal because that's just going to fill in any gaps that you might be like unconsciously missing as far as like your diet goes, because you still need a lot of nutrients um, at higher levels when you're breastfeeding and postpartum. And so the baby's going to be pulling those things through breast milk and it's going to be at your expense. So like, even if you're not getting them through food, the baby's going to be leaching them somehow. Right. Uh, and so you want to make sure that the stores of some of those things like vitamin A, C and folate and all that good stuff are still high, still there. You know what I mean? Know what you mean? (laughs) All right, let's move forward. Yeah. So do you still want to, we'll touch on the baby, all these. Yeah, let's do that. Um, so this is another, I feel like this is just, this could be like three whole other episodes. Yeah. We'll just do a short overview of this stuff. Since we're talking about mindset, I feel like we have to kind of address 
things like baby blues, postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, because that's something that is significant, um, you know, in relation to postpartum mindset. So just briefly, again, this is not like the dive in deep podcast for this sort of stuff, but baby blues, what people call baby blues, is just a normal emotional reaction to the hormone levels that are occurring, the changes that are occurring in your life. Um, and that's something that pretty much everybody goes through for the most part to some degree. So baby blues are typically going to peak around day, like four to seven. Again, they're kind of coinciding with those hormonal shifts. Um, and usually typically going to resolve themselves around day 10. Maybe they're going to go, you know, two, three weeks, um, for some people, but at that point around week two to three, you should feel things start to kind of level out instead of increase, remain the same or anything like that. So that was my experience the second go around uh, with Camille. I was like, I'm still a little weepy. I'm still a little needy. Like I'm sensitive, but right around week two to three, things started to really um, level out as far as my emotions went. And that was even with the added stress of the tongue tie revisions and we moved and I changed jobs and all that stuff. So I was able to really stay pretty stable um, the second go around. On the other end, postpartum depression. Okay. So I feel like I want to say they said like 25% of people of women struggle with postpartum depression. Don't quote me on that, but I feel like it's probably even more than that. Um, People just don't really talk about it or they don't realize that what they're feeling can be a variation of postpartum depression, but it's basically, it's very similar to how you were feeling as far as baby blues goes, but it's going to be longer lasting. In some cases, it's going to be more severe. Um, and then in the really, really severe cases, it's going to be, you know, thoughts of harm yourself and, or your baby, um, which obviously if that's the case, you need immediate help. Um, and the hard part about that, I think is that when you're in those emotions, you don't realize that you need help. It's hard to ask for help because, you, you have a hormonal imbalance. Um, you just kind of think that's your new normal. mm -hmm, You think this is normal. So again, some signs that again, we're not going to like dive super deep, but some signs could be with feeling like we were wanting to withdraw from your partner, feeling like you're not bonding with your baby. Um, that you're unable to sleep even when your baby's sleeping, you have those like racing thoughts, um, guilt, just about everything, feelings of worthlessness, Um, and then sometimes it can really be like preoccupation with death, (laughs) which I I don't mean to laugh, but it's like some of that, yeah, Yeah. some of that's kind of like, I feel like not necessarily normal, but it's like, once you have this baby on the outside, you start to worry about everything. And so to to a certain degree, that's just, that's normal when you love something more than Mm -hmm. life itself. It's normal to get a little bit irrational sometimes. Right. But if it's like all the time, that's all you're thinking about. Then you know that maybe that things are a little out of whack. Yeah. And I feel like I want to talk about this a little bit more because I do feel like I had some undiagnosed postpartum imbalances. Um, For me, I feel like it was more postpartum anxiety now that I know about kind of the differences. So you have postpartum depression and then you have postpartum anxiety, which I feel like the statistic says about 10%. I feel like that's probably way higher in reality. Um, but really that's where you're focused on that unfounded constant worry about something bad happening to your baby, yourself, 
your family. Um, and again, like I said, that, that can be a normal, like heightened emotion now that you have this baby on the outside, but it becomes an issue when it really starts to kind of like take over your thoughts, um, in life, which was, I think that's what was happening to me. Um, I just like could not relax. I was super anxious. I didn't want to go like leave the house. Like I just wanted to like kind of shut in curtains drawn, like blinds. You know, I wasn't like, Hey, let's go outside. Like let's have time with friends and family. It was completely the opposite. Um, and so to me, that was definitely a sign. And for me that lasted, obviously I was forced to get out and kind of let go of a little bit of that because I was, went back to work about three months postpartum. But for the most part, those feelings of like lingering, like guilt and sleep issues, um, that happened, that kind of stuck with me until I stopped nursing. So almost two years, I'm just not feeling quite like myself. And again, I, I, am super interested as we learn more like behind the science about why that happens, but I'm sure it was obviously linked to hormones and then adrenal function, which is also related to hormones. Like I'm sure there was a lot at play there. Um, but definitely these are things to consider. And if they're, if you're feeling like you have those feelings, the best thing you can do is, is get help therapy. I mean, we talk about this all the time. We talked about this with Liz Wolf, um, talking about it and working through it, um, would have probably been a huge help for me. I just didn't want to admit that there was a problem. Right. I've already gone back to my therapist. I went last week. I see a therapist, like she's a mindfulness coach and I think it was huge going into pregnancy and motherhood and you know, I didn't have anything like, I don't have any glaring signs, but I just feel like it's good to just like talk to somebody postpartum and make sure that you're on, that you're doing all right. And that, you know, if you have a hiccup or whatever, that you're able to get back on track. If you do find yourself um, in a funky place that you can, you can, you can kind of see the difference between rational and and irrational and Mm -hmm. you were going to go there. It's just, that's life. Sometimes you you get in funks or moods or whatever, but being able to kind of like pull yourself out. And I think most importantly, being able to see that this is not, um, necessarily how you usually feel and how you usually work and how you usually function emotionally and mentally. And so I can't recommend therapy enough. I think it's huge. And And we're going to, I'm going to check in with her once a month just to check in, you know, that's amazing. And I think for first time moms, it's hard because I now, now being through it a second time, I know looking back, well, that was not normal. At the time you think this is just the way life is having somebody like a therapist, um, to kind of validate, like if what you're feeling is typical or not is huge, I think, because at that point you don't have anything to compare it to, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Totally. And we have, I want to, um, adjust. we had two listener questions about kind of mindset and anxiety. So, um, one question was really focused on, um, postpartum anxiety. And she said that she, after her first one, it took her about six months to be able to like, just clear the mental headspace to be able to do things that she loved, like meal prep or cook, or just like normal things that you would consider just part of everyday normal life. And so right. and she is planning for number two and she really wants to know, you know, will the distractions from number one help push through all that quote unquote brain jam? And really, and for you, Laura, she wants to know what you're doing postpartum to clear your mind, to promote self-love in the early weeks. So I feel like 
I can kind of tackle the first part of that question because I've been through it. And then I'll let you kind of talk about some immediate strategies like postpartum. Um, So I totally connect with this listener because I was in the same boat, obviously. So we talked about it. I was super anxious. I could not even do like the normal things like taking a shower to me sounded like it was the hardest thing. Like I can't take a shower. I don't have time to take a shower. I can't leave my baby. Like it was hard for me Mm -hmm. to even do normal things like self care, um, without feeling guilty or feeling that I even just could do it. Um, and so I totally understand as far as that, I think what would have helped me is asking for more support. I, Mm -hmm. I didn't understand how much support I would need. And that's different for everybody. Um, for me, looking back, that first go around, I would totally have gotten a meal train yep, or, amazing. or I would have, um, invested whatever amount I needed to invest in like frozen meals, like good quality frozen, like paleo meals or whatever. Cause there's tons of stuff out there now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have budgeted however I needed to, to make sure that was taken care of. I would have paid a housekeeper instead of feeling like I needed to do all of everything myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have at least budgeted for that if I needed it, maybe not necessarily get it all set up because you might feel great. Um, but for me, those were the things that, you know, looking back, I wish I would have just had the option of, um, Mm -hmm. going forward in case I needed that. So that's kind of like my two cents. I mean, there's really nothing you can do about what you've, been through already, but moving right. forward, Certainly for, share with others to help them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and then for number two, let's see, I, I feel like this question, there's so many factors that plays into it. It's hard to pinpoint exactly what made a difference. Um, but I was not as anxious. I was not as overwhelmed with the two, even though most people told me that it would be harder going from one to two than zero to one. It was not true for me. Um, for me, it was That's easier. Headspace. Yeah. Just where you were mentally. It's where I was mentally. I, I let go of a lot of expectations going into the second pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took a lot more time to relax the second pregnancy. Um, I took a lot more time to spend time with my son while he was the, the only yeah. kiddo. Um, I really tried to be mindful and purposeful about what I could achieve. So then after Camille was born, it was like, people want to bring me food. I'm going to eat it. If people want to clean my house, I'm going to let them, I'm going to ask for it. I'm going to let people come over and keep me company. I'm going to let them spend time with my son, take him out and about, um, get him out of the house not necessarily so he's away from me, but so that I could have time to bond with Camille and that he could feel loved. Not mm-hmm. a, not that he didn't feel loved from me, but you know, it's, it's hard. It's a hard adjustment for, for the, the older kiddos. Um, I will say the distractions of number one was a good thing for me. So it was like with, with bear, I'm sitting here just staring at this child all day. Yeah. I'm like, okay, it's just me and him. Like, I'm obsessed with him. I, I can sit on the couch all day if I want to. Yeah. Having another one, it was like, okay, 
I'm going to strap her in. We're going to go on a walk because he needs to get out and about. Like he needs to eat. I have to feed him. It's like put her in the ergo or the carrier. And she's just along for the ride at that point. Um, you know, you have to feed him and stuff like that, obviously keep him alive, (laughs) but it did help me focus less on the overwhelming aspects of it. It's because it's like, at that point, you're a mom, you already know you got to do what you got to do. Um, Mm. it just becomes more natural. So that's my kind of two cents from my personal experience, but I know Laura, you're doing something specifically that you can share with everybody, like as a first time mom that have really helped you. Um, so for me, it's, it's, the meal train was absolutely huge. Um, both because we're getting really, really nourishing food. And, um, also because we get that social aspect. So have people come over and they get to love on Evie and love on me. And that's been really, really, um, incredible. And so that is, I can't recommend it enough. Plus like then it's less of a stress of money. Honestly, that's a big part of it too. It's like, now you don't have to worry about going, first off, going to the grocery store, spending money, all this stuff. It just takes away a stress. You're getting fed, you're getting company, you're getting love. So that's huge. Um, getting out for me is really important every day, like strapping her in. I won't today because today I'm just going to snuggle with her probably in bed all day and try and really kick this mastitis. But um, after one week, I've, I've walked pretty much every day, even if it's just for 10 minutes, um, putting her in the carrier. I'm using the Soli baby right now. Um, cause I, it's just keeps, you know, she's like nice and close right in there. She loves it. We walk. Um, and so that's been huge for me getting out or like walking. We, I'm lucky because we have a lot of cool places nearby. We've got this little like brewery and restaurants and stuff, um, and wine tasting. So we've walked in cafes. We've walked a lot and just gone out and like, I remember going out for our first lunch. We went out for our brunch with my husband's family, um, and walking there and, and, realizing like, Oh, I can do these things. Like I'm still, I still have some normalcy in my life where I can go out and get a meal and it's possible. Um, so that's big. Um, taking time to still like do things that make you feel like you. So if that's, if you're blogging, uh, Oh, bless you. (laughs) Bless you. Still, uh, still do that. Maybe if it's just like, or, or if you're, um, I'm trying to think for myself particularly, you know, my social media account and my blog are a big part of, of, um, of my, my business radical roots and just what I'm doing. And I like to be, I like that community. And so still posting and, and commenting and being active there was big for me. Um, reading books that aren't just baby books. So I have like, I'm reading, um, the aware baby right now, but then I also bought a book of like surf stories. And so that's been big. So just doing like finding a balance of doing things for your baby. Cause the reality is it's not going to be balanced. You're going to, that's going to probably be like 80, 20. Um, but then also doing things that still make you feel like you are you. So if that's reading, uh, going for walks, going out for a meal, having a glass of wine, um, whatever that is. Um, and also just practicing some meditation and some intention setting, um, has been really big and then therapy. So that's kind of like my short list of things that I'm doing for myself. Um, that's been, that's been really powerful. Um, and then sleeping as much as possible, which is hard, but, um, try and sleep when the baby sleeps and people say that and it's hard. What I've done is I find that I'm not a big napper during the day at this point. So I try and get in bed by nine and I try and stay in bed till about nine, eight or nine. So at least that I'm in bed, if I'm not sleeping that whole time, obviously I'm feeding her or just staring at her, but at least I'm in bed and like, I leave my phone outside of the room and I'm just there, um, with her and trying to rest as much as I can. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And I, I mean, 
I kind of talked a little bit about life with like two kiddos, but I yeah. do a lot of this, the second go around. Um, I did a lot of the things that Laura's talking about. I forced us to go outside, even though I really, it was the middle of the summer, but I was like, we got have to get outside. And that goes along with vitamin D. I mean, what it can do just to be outside, mm-hmm. um, for, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes, um, is huge. Um, so kind of force yourself to do that if you're able physically to get out there and kind of walk around. And then also, you know, doing something for yourself, it doesn't have to be like, if you can't wrap your mind around like reading a book, which I, I couldn't, mm-hmm. um, it's like, it's, it's slow going over here. That was it, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's not like you're going to sit down and have hours of like uninterrupted reading time, but it's like, no. maybe it's just watching freaking Netflix. Like that was huge for, yeah, we're doing <laughs> I mean, that. That Orange was black game of Thrones. Yeah. That was huge for Tim and I, um, you know, yeah. you know, in the hours, in the evening, it's like, let's watch Netflix. Let's have a glass of wine. Like, let's just freaking bring the stress level down a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and if you think about it, that's probably stuff you did for some of your first dates, right? Mm-hmm. You watch a movie or a show and you drink a glass of wine or have dinner. Mm-hmm. So you can still, like, we're going to get into this, um, but you can still date your spouse when mm-hmm. you have a baby. And so scheduling that in, even if you're holding her, yeah. you can still, like, do things with your spouse. It just looks different. Mm-hmm. Dating, it's not... And so we're getting to about an hour. We have a ton more stuff to go over. Yeah, we're definitely going to do a part two. (laughs) We're going to do part two. There's so many good reader questions that we got. One of the things was um, we're going to talk about is your relationship with your spouse. And I think just to kind of like give a little teaser for that section on the next one round, but it's like I think – expecting your life to be the same and your relationship to be the same – is where a lot of people go wrong. Um, it's, you know, expecting, you know, you'll be able to do date night once a week and you'll be able to have like full on adult conversations <laughs> throughout the day. You know, some people can for some people, that's not a problem, but for most people, like this is a season of life where that's not possible. And the sooner you can kind of I guess, wrap your mind around that and set new expectations and realize that different has not necessarily bad. Um, it's just different and it can be a really good thing as far as growth goes for your relationship. Um, I think that's step one. So if you take away anything, we'll, we'll talk about this in much more in depth next, next podcast, but just resetting your expectations, intention, you're resetting your intentions for this new phase of, marriage and or relationship with your partner is going to be huge oh. <laughs> she's like you're taking yeah. too long <laughs> yeah it's been an hour <laughs> so oh, man. but yes that's huge yeah I think and we're going to dive into relationships we're going to dive into let's see so what do we have coming up we're going to do a part two and mm-hmm. we're going to talk about body image that whole nonsense of getting your your pre-baby baby body back mm-hmm. um we're going to talk about getting back into fitness and like that mindset of like feeling maybe inadequate or wishing you were fitter or, you know, and then the steps to get back into it. Um, cause that's a big mindset issue for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the concept of like losing your identity and mourning your own life, which we've touched on a little bit, but we'll dive into that a little bit deeper. Um, the, the, the feeling of loneliness when you maybe you just feel like you've been on the couch with the blinds drawn and you're only talking to a newborn who can't talk back. Um, and kind of what that can do and, and ways we can combat that. 
um, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, we got some really good questions about that and we'll dive into that. And then also as we started to hint about relationships with your partner, um, sex life, emotional connection, shared load, just all those types of things and how we can, um, why they, why there, there might be some strife there or some issues and then what we can potentially do about it to make the best of the situation. So. Awesome. I'm excited. I, me too. This happens every single time we should just plan. I know. So anyways, I hope that you guys have been enjoying um, everything at this point. Our giveaway will have been over the one with paleo Valley and, um, Epic and chameleon. And, I cannot, I think that's a great idea for us to kind of share some of those reviews. I, Laura and I talk about every single, we read every single review and we talk about it and I literally shed some tears. I'm not going to lie. Um, so those comments mean the absolute world to us. So if you like what you're hearing, please feel free to reach out via email, subscribe to the podcast and iTunes, um, or Stitcher rate us and write a review because we literally see that every, every time you guys write something, it means so much. And even if it's constructive criticism, I mean, yeah, we're open to we're, that. We're open to that. Um, and so even in these first postpartum weeks, yeah. I will, I will take it in stride. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Give us what you give. Let us know what you guys want. So if yes. we're, if we're missing something that you want, um, then let us know and we will, we'll, we'll give that to you. Absolutely. This is oh, and even process. though the, the giveaway is over, you can still until August 31st, you can still yes. use the, the code modern mamas, all one word, lowercase for 30% off any paleo Valley order. And That's we will link so to that huge. in our individual show notes as well. So huge. I can't, I'm going to buy like a ton of work yeah. <laughs> um, and then always, as always, you guys can find us on social media, mostly on Instagram. I'm just dot hold the space. Laura is Laura dot radical roots. And, um, I can be found at www.holdthespacewellness.com and Laura it's my radical roots, right? Yeah. Okay. www.myradicalroots.com. <laughs> And then, yeah, email us modernmamaspodcast at gmail.com. We've gotten got some really oh, sweet emails. Oh my, my gosh. gosh. It's the best. Just make my day. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for that. And um, we respond, guys. We mm-hmm. want to hear from you. We want to write back. Um, we care about you. And so it means a lot when you, when you email us or reach out. You can also direct message either of us on Instagram. We check those mm-hmm. a lot. So Perfect. we're very reachable. Yes. Yeah. Totally. totally. Awesome. Well, we will see you guys next week for the follow-up. Part deuce. Part deuce. Get prepared for some knowledge bombs. (laughs) Have a great week, you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Bye. 